welcome along to uh, this is our 2021 inaugural podcast. Uh, Marty's there. Uh, Marty, uh, we're doing a podcast every uh, week now, it seems, on a Wednesday. What's this? What's all this about? Well, Justin, I think we, what we need to do is uh, embrace modern technology. Uh, we have, uh, we're doing our live show this is a way for people to listen to us when they're in the car or when they're in the, the shower or uh, when they want to go to bed and they're lying down. You know, they, we're going global, going global. Now, we, we, we normally do Saturdays at 10 p.m. on Irish Whisker Review on YouTube and Facebook. And we also upload it to Instagram as well, Irish Whisker Review. But this this is a wee bit different because we're although it's an Irish whiskey review podcast, uh, we're we're doing this because you've basically got a load of new gadgets for Christmas. Uh, yeah, my my wonderful son Michael uh, bought me some new gadgets and new stuff that I can uh, play about with. I've got a microphone. I I've got a microphone. I feel like. Uh, I'm on Radio One, <laughs> you know. I feel I feel like I'm Howard Stern, although I don't have any naked women in the, in the, the unfortunately in the living room. But I, uh, I've got big microphones and everything now. That was last week, Marty. That was last week. No, <laughs> no. Where, where, where are we? Where are we? What, what, what's this show about this week? Uh, because I mean, Potchin's legal, isn't it? Potchin's legal. Now, what we want to do. I, I want to sort of take it that this is Irish spirits, okay? Uh, and I'm not necessarily meaning the gin aspect. There's lots of gins made in, in Ireland. What I want to do is focus on the more inherent Irish spirits. So whiskey and some potching. Lots of people don't know what potching is. This is possibly a little avenue of exposing people to that. It's, it's a common product to Ireland. Uh, and it's a native Irish product. Now, I actually got, uh, well, it was last year, I got one of those uh, sort of uh, intolerance tests done. And it actually said that I was intolerant to juniper as a type of plant. <gasps> it was 97% uh, certain that I was intolerant to it. Uh, so, although I like gin, I have been avoiding it for a wee while. And I can tell you that uh, I think there might be a, a bit to these intolerance tests because when I take gin, I feel not the best, but I'm not sure whether that's the gin or the amount of gin that I consume. Yeah, I think there's maybe something to do with the amount of it. <laughs> but, but no, but no I, I am not a big fan of juniper. Uh, it's, got a, it's got a slightly soapy taste for me, uh, which doesn't doesn't really... Do it. I don't mind gin that's quite refreshing, but it has to have good tonic in it and something to, to, to bring it out or water it down is maybe a better way. But that's that's really what gin's for. I must admit, I've never tried the taste of soap. I know when you get it in your eyes, it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't do your eyes any good. But uh, no, I, no, I I actually the strange thing is with this intolerance test that I got done. Um, wasn't last year it was the year before it was 2019 there was a lot of things on it that it's i actually like but i didn't know don't like me if you know what i mean so yeah it's 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 one of those ones you know yeah i i i do like all the, the gins we have and i do like a lot of spurts and i haven't found any spurts that that don't really uh 
that don't do something for me. You know, as as you know, I, I like a cocktail <laughs> or two. And, and, oh yeah. And a, anything, you know, if if something doesn't work well or you don't like the taste of it, it'll it'll be sure to go down well in a cocktail. Well, everybody can uh, mask something that they don't like with cocktail if you put enough if you water it down enough oh something will always taste not too bad but uh, I, I think with the sort of indigenous is probably the best word for this indigenous irish spirits you have pochin which essentially can be made with anything uh there's a new technical file and at some point we'll go into a, a, that in a bit more detail but pochin really if there's a, a sugar source you can make make pochin. Uh, it was made up and down the hills and glens of Ireland all over for people to to consume, to give to their friends, and also to sell. But then later on, whiskey, uh, and whiskey is you and I both live in the in the unbelievably beautiful province of Ulster, which for anyone who doesn't know where that is, it's the northernmost region of Ireland and we're very very close to Scotland I mean you and I can both more or less see Scotland from our houses uh, and whiskey or as it was known in Gaelic Ushkaba which means uh, the water of life really comes from Ulster and I can't emphasize that enough that all of the the legends now the Irish whiskey industry almost disappeared and again we'll do a podcast on that someday or maybe a few podcasts on that because it would warrant it the irish whiskey industry almost disappeared uh, and the scottish whiskey industry is just a, a, a gargantuan industry so really the history of whiskey lots of people just think it comes from scotland uh, but the earliest record for whiskey in scotland it relates to a friar John Corr up at Lindores Abbey, and that's back in the very late 15th century, uh, it's 14, 1494. But there's references to Ushkaba in Ireland much earlier than that. There's actually writings that proclaim that Henry II's soldiers, when they were over, came over to Ireland, said that. The Irish were drinking aquaviti and the Ushkaba was a beverage in common use. And that's that's back in the 12th century. Now, common use is probably a bit, bit of a stretch. It's, it's probably much more likely to have been used by monks. But there's actually a legend that predates that by a massive amount of time back to St. Columbanus, who came out of Bangor in, in County Down and went across to continental Europe as a, as a missionary. Basically, he spread the word of, of St. Patrick, if you like. But but all this means that uh, Potsheen predates the potato by about a thousand years then, doesn't it? Have you seen what... Potsheen doesn't have to be made with potatoes. Potsheen can be made with basically any cereal, any pretty much any sugar source. Now, that, again, the technical file is very... Technical, as technical files tend to be, they're very technical. Uh, but you, you can essentially make pochine from pretty much any sugar source. But the pochine is much more likely to have been what they referred to when they talked about Ushkaba. 
that it's basically a distilled spirit. And what St. Colin Bannis is allegedly supposed to have done was he went across to the continent. Someone over there exposed him, or certainly someone, one of his acolytes or, or contemporaries, to to this distillation, turning beer, which was extremely common. Most people drank beer every day. Uh, the the monks certainly they were monks were allowed one meal a day, but they were allowed to drink as much beer as they liked, which I don't <laughs> think is a bad trade off. <laughs> so that sounds like the perfect diet for me. But <laughs> but long long before that, there was this uh, idea of alchemists uh, transforming beer into a spirit, and there's records of this dating all the way back to to Alexandria, way back. Uh, you know, two thousand years ago, that they were able to turn beer into a, a distilled spirit. Now they used it for perfume, because anyone who knows anything about distilling knows that if you take your your wash, your 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 your, your, your beer essentially, and distill it, the first stuff that comes off is very light alcohols so it's basically methylated spirits for easy if you want to talk about it methylated spirits then in the middle you have your ethanol which is what what we want to drink and then at the end of it you've got your very heavy fusel oils and and really stuff that you don't want to be drinking because that'll kill you you know your phenols and ethanols and all that kind of stuff or uh, fusel oils sorry so if you take this distilled product as a whole and drink it you're dead but what they used it for was perfumes and for rubbing alcohol you know this was this was a medicine used by monks now somewhere along the line probably in ireland and there is a legend that it was st colin Bannis that brought it back to bangor and so on and so forth they thought if you take away the top bit of that and take away the bottom bit of that, the tails of it the bit in the middle is actually okay you can drink this now that would have been a, a clear spirit when you see whiskey being made and you see it running through the spirit safe uh, you see it's clear now that's running much higher than, than the human body would consume so really what they would have done was they would have watered that down they have flavoured it added stuff in so it would have been kind of like a flavored uh, pot chain if you like now again there's another legend that the whiskey that ushkaba this this distilled spirit went with uh, a princess an o'neill princess now anyone who knows anything about the history of ireland the o'neills were a huge landowning clan the gaelic chiefs and one of those princesses of the o'neills Married the Lord of the Isles, the Macdonalds over in Isla. As you and do, as you do. As you, as you do. And the, as part of the diary was barrels of this spirit that went across to, to Scotland. So that, that whiskey went from Ireland, went across to Scotland from, from Ulster. Okay. Now, I'll give you another example. If you look at a bottle of Bush Mills... Bushmills say it's the oldest licensed distillery in the world, 1608. We know it's not, but... Well, let's be... 
We'll not argue, we'll not we'll not consult the lawyers just yet, Justin. We'll try try, try and keep the legal disputes out of this, okay? <laughs> but but in sixteen oh eight, we'll we'll just say Bush Mills for easy <laughs> for to make it easy. Bush Mills were granted a license to distill. Sixteen oh nine, Justin, the Statutes of Iona was passed by King James, and that prohibited the importation of wines to the Western Isles of Scotland. Now, the wines were coming from France. He was now King of England, England and France, blah, blah, blah. Scotland and France, they got on like a house on fire. Uh, England and France, not so much. So he banned the importation of wine over to the Western Isles of Scotland. 1608, the licence has been granted to Bush Mills. Bush Mills and Scotland are, what, 20 miles apart? Mm-hmm. They're about, they're thereabouts. Yeah. So the people in the Western Isles of Scotland looked across and said, we're not stopping drinking, we just want that stuff over there. So this, <laughs> so all of that history of spirits, of, of, of we say whiskey, but it probably wasn't whiskey, it was probably much more like potcheen, went across to Scotland, essentially from Ireland. We're, that's more or less just a, a fact. How it went across, it was up for debate and so on. But then... Where we live was subjected to the plantations. There was multiple plantations of uh, of Ireland. And that was where these planters, people came from Scotland to live in Ireland. And lots of them were Presbyterians. Now these Presbyterians, we think of today as being quite conservative, quite austere, you know, you know, very reserved people. But back in the day, they weren't like that. They weren't like that at all, Justin. Okay. They were the party animals. They were the guys who were seen as sort of wild men and held parties and hoedowns, essentially, and, and were very very good with the fiddle. Okay. So they had this fiddle music, and basically every every Presbyterian uh, housewife or farmer's wife had their own still. They had their own recipes for, for poaching and, and later on whiskey, you know, depending on what way you want to word that. So they had these stills. Now, way back in the 18th century, lots of these upsticks moved across to the US. Is this where the hillbillies come from? Well, there's... Again, a lot of these things are are subject to a little bit of, of rumour and conjecture, but there is... It's, it's been claimed that the word hillbilly comes from followers of King William. As we would know him over here, King Billy, and when they went to America, basically they landed in America. They went landed in Pennsylvania, uh, and Maryland, uh, and then around that area. And whenever they landed, the authorities basically took one look at these ragtag bunch of cutthroats, <laughs> cutthroats, and and, and uh, party animals, and said, "Right out!" And they pushed them, basically pushed them up into the the. The frontier at the time, which would have been the Allegheny Mountains, the Shenandoah Valley, the Appalachian Mountains, etc., etc. But, but there was method. They they're there, still with them. There was method in that madness, but because they knew they could handle it, couldn't they? They knew they could handle the natives. Well, the thing about it was these these guys. Well, anyone that knows anything about people from this part of the world knows that. Well, we don't take an awful lot of crap. We don't. We don't no. take an awful lot of crap. Basically, and, what you're saying is you need to be Albanian to even think about it. Well, you need to be you need to be a bat strange. <laughs> no, not to cast aspersions on the good people of Albania, but no. But these were people who 
were seasoned in fighting and were pretty handy with, with uh, a gun. So when they went over, they were pushed out to the frontier. And for example, Pennsylvania is a, is a Quaker state. And Quakers are peace-loving, pacifist uh, people. Pacifism's a wonderful, wonderful philosophy until someone's kicking your ass. And then it's maybe not just as, it's not just as good. So they decided that these guys... Push them to the frontier. They, they, any Indian raiding parties or anything, they have to come through. They have to come through the Ulster Scots, the Scots Irish. Oh gosh, I've got the coronavirus. COVID, COVID. <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs> get, get the cowbell on. This is well, you aren't here. Ah, oh, boy, that, that, that's that's rough. Oh, sorry about that. I, I might, right. I might edit that bit out later on if I can. No, well, so these guys went to the frontier, but they took their their uh, distilling arts with them, and it was a very low level thing, you know, they they a very low level of of production. It wasn't a big major production as we would know it today, but they were able to convert cereal and after after not very uh, long time, they they were doing it with corn rather than with barley or potatoes yeah. as they would have done back in Ireland so they were doing it with corn and they were converting sacks of corn into bottles of or containers of of spirit and taking them to sell them so moonshine well that's origins really in, in Scots Irish or Ulster Scots as well so the, even fiddle music which is, has been termed as being the only indigenous uh, music in America really owes its history to to the Scots Irish. Right. So uh, th- this po- this podcast, I'd like it to be a bit more about about the the the, the history of whiskey, some whiskey tasting. We'll do interviews, but also a little bit more about potching as well. Okay, right. There's a lot to potching. I mean, it po- it, this side of the pond, potching was eventually made uh, illegal because they couldn't really tax it. No, uh, the thing about spirits uh, is that it's a cash cow for, for people as well. People like having a drink, and rightly so, as long as it's done in moderation. It's a wonderful pastime, Justin. I spend quite a lot of time on it. But no, as long as it's done in moderation and with care, people people like a drink. And it's been claimed, and rightly so, that after the taxes on oil, the, the second biggest tax raiser is is on spirits and on alcohol so when it went when the scots irish which the american war of independence was lots of times called a scots presbyterian rebellion by the the english authorities they once they had gained independence the first tax really that was put on by George Washington to recoup the money for the war was the whiskey tax and it was the, the basically the the Scots Irish in America rose up in rebellion and what was the very first rebellion in America the the whiskey rebellion and it's all connected this this thread runs through this whole story this whole picture and it's a marvelous history and sometimes in some ways it's kind of been forgotten and I'd like to see it coming to the fore a lot more so i'd like this podcast to be a little bit more about that 
Okay, so I mean the whole thing was driven driven underground from 1661 up until it was uh, sort of legalized again. What was it as late as 1997? Oh well, you you could buy when it first appeared. It really appeared in airports, and a lot of people were like, "How's this here?" Because it's illegal. Now there's lots. Now there's more people purchasing it and buying it and producing it, and it's a wonderful spirit because it's. It's it's an awful lot cheaper than, than whiskey, and it's got loads and loads of flavour. Anyone who's tasted it, I'll, I'll give you a good example: Cologne, uh, Pochin. You know you're getting a quality product there, and it's not particularly expensive, and it is fabulous. But there's more and more people producing it, and if you like vodka, vodka's really ethanol and water that's essentially what you're getting it, it's purposely made to have no flavor uh and it's it's designed to go in, in in cocktails unless you're drinking it in the russian way which is ice cold and with food mm-hmm. which is kind of alien to what we would do with spirits yes so it, there's lots of potchines to try because they've actually got quite a lot of flavor in them uh, and i know you like your cocktails but it's so it can lend itself very well to that too, and I think it's a bit of an untapped market. And yeah, that it, it's it's going to come through, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's people like David Mulligan there. It's say it's 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 much more than just a cheap whiskey. But whiskey has to look. It's it's a couple of years for whiskey to, to mature. Uh, it's Pachi- it's three years, Justin. I've told you this. <laughs> Not a couple of years. It's three. It's very specifically three. <laughs> but listen. Potchins has to be ready in under 10, 10 weeks. Yes, but again, there's a lot of people would talk about how the technical file for for uh, spirits is very const- very constrained and isn't really reflective of of what was historically true, and that that's that's correct. The Years ago, people were much freer to do stuff. But in order to get the the PGA certification, which is the protected geographical indication, to say that it comes from Ireland, it has to have a very uh, narrow specification. So that that unfortunately is, I say unfortunately, it's it is what it is. It kind of has to. It can't just be a, a a wild west. But there is a chance of it opening up and becoming a little bit more of uh, a little bit more liberal. Is probably a good way of putting it. Now, if I was to make this for you, if I was to if if I was to make a Belfast coffee, right? Would okay. would would you, would would you drink it? Would would you drink a, a nice potchine with a cold brew coffee, uh, shaken up? And then whipped cream on it as well. Would would you would you would you take that, Justin? I I, I was there, uh, really when the launch of the Belfast coffee, what was was happened. It was uh, the guys down at Eklundville or, or Dunville's is maybe the brand that people are a bit more familiar with. Uh, they come up with this. They brought up. I can't. I wish I could remember his name. He's a, he's a mixologist. He's one of these guys who comes up with uh, uh, cocktails and stuff. And he was 
tasked with making a Belfast coffee, which is potching, as you say, potching coffee and cream. So it's essentially very similar to an Irish coffee, but it's made with uh, potching rather than whiskey. Uh, and it was it was lovely. Uh, it was really, really nice. Um, I, I'm a whiskey and a tea drinker. So it's a kind of... <laughs> so if someone could come up with a... I, I, I don't know, a, a North Coast... A North Coast tea, where you put whiskey and tea, and I don't know if it's something on top of it, but no, it, it's it's lovely. I I really like Belfast coffee too. It, it, I mean, it actually it actually looks like a half glass of uh, Guinness. Yeah, uh, again, one of my favourite drinks of all. That I mean, Guinness. You've lo- you've lost me at Guinness. Just you, you had me at Guinness. You know. D- you, no, you, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't see the Comanche that actually uh, climbed up Slave Donard, the, the tallest mountain in Northern Ireland, and he brought a can of Guinness with him, and he was in the little stone hut at the top, uh, <laughs> and he uh, opened the can of Guinness, which was obviously ice cold by then, and he he, he tweeted the picture on Instagram. I just I just thought that was a fabulous picture. I thought it was at the minute with the way the weather is around here it's very hard to take a bad picture I took a picture here this morning coming down Glen Arm uh, just right over to Scotland to, there was someone on Facebook was talking about DNA and this kind of thing and I took a beautiful picture just down over the Glen it's, it's very hard to take bad photos here at the minute but now drinking Guinness at the top of Sleeve Donard. I've, I've climbed it a few times. I even did the Morn Wall a few years ago, and I would have killed someone for a pint of Guinness. <laughs> it, near, it near killed you, from what I remember. But uh, uh, Justin, just, I'll tell you, by the time I got to the top of Sleeve Donard, I was... There's a there's a word which I'm not going to say, but that's that's exactly how I felt. It ends in E-D, and it begins with F. <laughs> Six letters. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like this new quiz lingo on UK TV, and, and, and I don't like it. So, so I don't so, like it either. So don't be don't don't be, don't be testing me. Don't be testing me. So listen, that, that that's more or less what the podcast is going to be about. It, it's it's basically what you're saying is it can be about everything and anything to do with spirits in yeah. Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, the Wild West, you name it. Well, probably guess I wanted to keep it to sort of indigenous Irish spirits, but showcase. That these went global, and that we are central to it. And I want to, I want to have a little bit of a focus up here in the north because it's, it's, it's central to the whole thing. And just show everybody that this, this little thread of history, and and bring up lots of stuff. I want the podcast to be a little different than the show. We'll have, we'll have some interviews. We'll do some history. We'll do some consumer advice. We'll do some, uh, some stuff off the news. But we'll try and do. Uh, a whiskey Wednesday, and bring it out as a as a podcast, so people can listen to it in the car and listen to our our lovely conversations and banter, Justin. Okay, now if people pick this up, it's on all the platforms on uh, the sort of uh, audio platforms in the internet. You can download it as a podcast, but uh, you'll actually be able to get the main show, which is uh, Saturdays ten p.m. It's on. Irish Whiskey Review on YouTube, Irish Whiskey Review on Facebook, and also Irish Whiskey Review on Instagram. Uh, we do have a newsletter as well. It's cut.ly with two T's slash Irish 
dash whiskey dash review dash newsletter it's complicated that one but you can you can find that one on most of our uh, that link and most of our stuff that we've posted up uh, marty do we know what's coming up this week on the on the main show then well this week we have a interview with jamie cotter who's the brand am- brand uh, manager for the one of the very newest distilleries uh the hench just outside Balna Hinch, between Balna Hinch and Belfast. So we'll be doing the usual news, a little bit of banter, a little bit of chat, keep it upbeat as always, and then Jamie will come on and we'll talk about what they're doing down at Hinch and the wonderful project that they've got down there. And of course, the show is interactive because it is live uh, on Irish Whiskey Review. You, the listener, can ask us questions and we, we want that to happen. Absolutely, we we want we want people to ask questions, whether we can answer them or not. Who knows? But that's the joy of going live, and it's also the bit of the problem of going live because it always goes a little bit, a little bit wrong. It's always gremlins that they always seem to set out to do this to us. If people could see the panic that's on our face five minutes before we go for broadcast, I, I think there was only one week after out of the thirty-five odd that we've done uh, during the start of lockdown in March. There's only one that actually was forty minutes late because of the internet. But usually ten p.m. on the dot tell your friends like comment and share irish whiskey review on youtube and on facebook marty i'll speak to you there okay take care justin and stay safe everybody take care